I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for September is sponsored by Igloo. Igloo is your digital workplace, which means you can give updates, have discussions, and share files with your team all in one place. Sign up and get started at igloosoftware.com slash 5x5. This is episode 10, and I'm joined today by Sean Blanc. Sean Blanc on Twitter and a full-time blogger at seanblanc.net and uh, also a black belt. How's it going, Sean? It's going great. So, uh, how? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, first question for you would be: You blog full time. That's you. You. You've left all other career paths and decided to be a blogger. Is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. How's that working yeah. out for you? It's been great. Um, it's been like a year and a half, I think. I started. I, I announced the whole thing. Announced it before I actually started. I gave myself like a, a four week window just in case it was a total dive bomb and everyone ran away screaming. So I announced it at the end of February last year, 2011, and then uh, beginning of April, I, I started. So that's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty ballsy move. And you have a, a family? Uh, I, well, I had a wife at the time, and then now we have a son as well. Okay. so And, and actually, that was actually one of the biggest reasons that I decided to take the jump was... Um, I've been working for a Christian ministry out here for a long time, and I was their director of their marketing and the creative director. And it was a really fun job. I loved it a lot, but it was a lot of hours, a lot of work. And I always in the back of my head was like, man, it'd be really great to take this site full time because I was, I was just doing it on the side like like a lot of us do uh, for several years. And uh, my wife and I were, were kind of ready. We're like, you know, we want to have a kid. And I was sort of like, I want to be the kind of dad that that takes risks and kind of leads by example in that regard and kind of goes for it, uh, tries new things and doesn't always play it safe. Um, which kind of seems weird because I think usually most dads are like, well, I really want to provide for my family. And so I want to get the most safe job possible, but I felt like I would be able to provide as well. You know, I wasn't just throwing that out the window. You have interesting perspectives. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, it's a compliment for sure. Um, has it, uh, without giving away, you know, uh, your back end information, oh, that sounded dirtier than I meant it to, um, without, without spilling any beans, uh, is it, it's working out for you? Yeah, you're able it, to, you're able to support everything, just blogging? Absolutely. Uh, we're, you know, we're debt free. We have health insurance. We have foods on the table. Things are going, uh, very well. That is um, great. It's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting too, because when I announced the site, uh, that I was going to be taking it full time, uh, I kicked it off by doing a membership drive and basically because I had fusion ads that kind of on the sidebar there. And then um, I also had been doing our set sponsorships for uh, like six or eight months or something like that. Or maybe it was longer than that. I can't remember. And so the advertising revenue was was decent for especially for a, a hobby site, but it wasn't what needed to, to make it happen if I was going to go full time. And so I figured if I could get this, if I could get if this were 50%, then if I could get the other 50% to be uh, like reader supported, like membership drive, I was like, I think I could do it. And I think that would be enough to kind of kick it off. And then I figured once I was there, once I was doing the site full time, then it could grow into something that would actually be sustainable uh, for a long term, not just for some sort of like summer fling or something like that. That was kind of my goal. If I could just get enough to, to get going then I'd be able to build enough momentum behind that once I had the 40 hours a week to sit here at the computer. 
to go for it. And then my thought as well was that the membership was probably going to be like a temporary solution and that eventually people would no longer be interested in supporting my site because you can sign up, you can give me three bucks a month and you're a member and I do a, a daily little like five minute podcast. It's called Sean today and you, you pay three bucks a month. You get to listen to that. Um, and, and obviously like you're supporting me to write full time. And my thought was that people would think that was really cool. And then after about a month or two or three, they probably wouldn't think it was that cool anymore. And eventually the membership would die off, but hopefully by that point, advertising revenue would have grown enough to take its place, but it's kind of the opposite has been true in terms of, uh, the membership has grown over the last year and a half. And it's turning out that this little, uh, secret podcast that I do, uh, on the back end for all the members, it's, it's turning into one of the most significant uh, aspects of what I do in terms of my job. Wow. So that's, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great to hear. Um, I assume that one of the motivations uh, in addition to setting an example was to be able to spend more time with your family. Absolutely. That was, that was a huge part of it. Has was, that worked out? Oh, dude, working from home is, is awesome. Um, cause my wife, she's, uh, you know, back part-time at her job. And so she usually works in the mornings. Uh, her schedule's a little bit different every day. And so when she's gone, then I've got Noah and I'm taking care of him. And then when she gets back, we, we trade him off. And so just being able to work from home and then, you know, if he's doing something cute, I can take a break and go hang out we get to have lunch together. We have dinner together every day. And it's, uh, it's so wonderful, so rewarding. That's, I love it. That's amazing. Sounds like you have a uh, uh, charmed life. Yeah. I, well, it helps that my son is so so darn cute. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I feel the way that way about my dogs, but it doesn't carry the gravitas that having a child does. I, I you know I don't know. I've never had a dog, so really, I've never had a child. That's right, awesome. There you go. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to take a quick break for our first sponsor before I ask you uh, the next question. Our first sponsor is Treehouse. Treehouse provides online courses about web design and development, mobile app development, how to start a business, and more. Their classes are affordable and there's no contract, which makes it a must-have for entrepreneurs or anyone looking to learn more. Even people with no prior experience are now making $4,000 and more every month developing iPhone apps after learning all they need to know by taking Treehouse courses. With Treehouse, you'll get the skills you need to make your big idea into a reality, or even find your dream job. You can get 50% off the first month if you visit teamtreehouse.com slash join slash 5 by 5 Check them out. Okay, okay, and we're back, and uh, I'm curious about this black belt. Uh, not so much about the black belt itself, but how martial arts may be helping you w- with uh, focus, concentration, etc., and what you do. That's and- a... That's a great question. Um, Catch, I don't know. Like being a black belt is probably. I, I'm. I don't know if there's like any other thing in my life that I've ever done that has impacted my entire life, like every facet, as much as studying martial arts has. Um, I studied martial arts for about eleven years when I was younger, like through you know, through my teenage years. And then I quit when I went to high school or to, uh, sorry, when I moved on to college. So, but like the things you learn, like we had this, uh, like a student creed every day and we would, uh, you go in there and you kind of start off that each class with, uh, like you start off with like a time of meditation where everyone sits down 
you know, like, you know, you're sitting down like with your legs crossed and you put your hands on your knees and you close your eyes, right? And you kind of focus on breathing regularly and stuff like this, right? And uh, so you start the class off with that every day and then you'd, you'd stand up and then uh, you re- recite the student creed about um, honoring your mind and your body, respecting authority, uh, following through with things that you commit to. I can't remember all of it exactly. But uh, basically, it's martial arts is very, very centered around not just the physical aspect of punching and kicking and beating up bad guys in back alleys, but it's also focused a lot on emotional, mental, spiritual uh, character and integrity and having respect and things like that. And so, um, yeah, it's helpful to know if someone were to break in and try to steal my Mac, I could, you know, put them in like some kind of chokehold and call the cops and whatever. Or, you know, maybe just throw him in the backyard and he'd be running away or something like that. But, uh, you know, the whole thing of, of, of focus and integrity, uh, seeing your commitments through and things like that, uh, that's just kind of something that's impacted my attitude, uh, you know, for the past 20 years. And it definitely affects my work just because it's, uh, it's kind of a work ethic that's instilled in you. And I think that uh, not a lot of people would have the – uh, the ability to, to do what I do. And that's not to say that I'm special. It's just that some people aren't cut out to be able to work at your own house on your own hours and be your own boss by uh, hanging out on the internet and writing about stuff and, you know, goofing off doing podcasts with cool folks. Like I am um, really lucky to be able to have a work ethic that can withstand that this type of work. And I think, yes. I think that a black belt, acts almost as a filter. It's not so much that obtaining a black belt or attaining black belt makes you focused and motivated and all of these things. It's that the person who has the drive to do that is probably also capable of working from home and handling, you know, time management and all of this. I liken it to, I was a boy scout and I earned a few merit badges and then ended up doing just ter- terrible things uh, not related to Boy Scouts and not because of Boy Scouts. But um, I just I didn't have a personality that was ever going to get me to Eagle Scout. And I feel like even if I had studied martial arts instead of tying knots, I would be able to tie up a burglar in my house, but I would not have any restraint or uh, focus you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. They, uh, you know, not to make you feel bad or anything, but they say like one out of uh, a thousand make it to just the first level of black belt, which in, in the system that I study, actually you get a temporary black belt. Once you've gone through all the colors and then you finally get your black belt, it's actually a temporary black belt. And then you have a year where you're kind of like on like parole Probation. or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And you've got a year. Not just to say, okay, cool, you memorized all the stuff, you, you you showed up on testing day, you paid your dues, and you, you paid the, the fee, you bought the belt and things like that. Um, but then you've got a year you actually have to demonstrate that you have black belt qualities in your character and in, that you show up, that you are there helping at the studio day after day for the next year. And then and then you get your, your permanent Dan, like your first Dan black belt, and that's that's not just showing up that day. It's they look back at the whole year and what has your attitude been like? How have you, you know, helped? How have you served? How have you done all these things? And uh, and they say only one out of ten thousand actually make it to that permanent, you know, first in. Wow, 
I, and I then, didn't have a response. And then I quit after that. Yeah, I see. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. Well, I, I moved away. I had to go to college. Moved on. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you, when you sit down to write for your blog, do you ever run into the issue that I face all the time of just knowing that you need to get something out and because you need to do it, you can't? <laughs> like every day. Okay. I just wondered if someone with a black belt and that kind of discipline would suffer from the same issue. I think the hardest part of my job is that I work like I'm, I work with nobody else. I don't have a team. Um, and that was one of the things I loved about my old job that I loved about martial arts. All that stuff is the, the team dynamic. I'm, you know, the Myers, is it Myers Briggs? The personality? Yeah. You know, like the acronyms, yeah. the, the ESTJ, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, on that test, I scored 100% extroverted. Wow. So, so it, it seems incredibly ironic that I would, I would lock myself up in my basement and work for myself at home. That can't be right. You, I, you, you fit in too well with us nerds to, uh, to be a hundred percent extroverted. I'm a hundred percent extroverted. I, I, I don't know what the deal is. My wife's a hundred percent introvert. So like it's, it's an interesting, you know, and maybe, maybe that's how it, maybe that's how I'm able to do it is I've, I've learned and gleaned from, from her, uh, you know, neither of us are homebodies or anything like this, but I remember one time it was, I don't know, it was like a couple months after, uh, after I had taken the site full time, it was last summer and it was like Thursday afternoon and I had to go to the bank and I realized I hadn't left the house since Sunday morning. Like I had been at home for like five days in a row. I hadn't, you know, I'd barely been outside except to probably mow the lawn maybe. And, uh, and it's not like I work in my pajamas or anything like that, but that's definitely the hardest aspect of my job is the, uh, is, is working for a moment. I forgot where we were going with this. I, uh, it, it was actually a side question, so it's fine that <laughs> we're coming back, but, uh, I, I leave the house about that much every week. And that's my favorite part of working from home. Uh, is just, I go outside to get the mail. I mow the lawn, do a little gardening on weekends, but I don't have to drive anywhere much. I don't have to do anything other than go for a walk now and then. And that's perfect for me because I, I don't enjoy interaction. I don't know what my, you know, my score on a personality test is anymore. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't enjoy talking to people face to face all that much. It, it always ends badly for me. But what about like just being around people? Like doesn't, do you find like being at home that much and not having a change in scenery or not having a change in your work environment? Uh, like I just, for me, I don't know if that's like the most conducive lifestyle to doing the best creative work that I can do. I believe that's true for a lot of people. And I believe that I'm a depressing case. I believe <laughs> that, that my, my dislike for human interaction is probably, hopefully, rare and viewed at poorly by other people. But it works for me. I think that's what's most important, really. Well, absolutely. Is I what mean, works for you. If, if, if I was, if I did better, I used to, like when I ran an ad agency, I'd go to the office every day and, it was a lot like working from home because I owned the place. I could spend the night there if I wanted to. It was kind of my second home. But the 
the traveling back and forth and the having different environments and everything just became more of an interruption than anything else. And I've done my best work since I kind of uh, shrunk my world down a little bit. I think it's my best work. I'm happiest. I think you're doing amazing work. Well, thanks. So next question. All right. Martial arts still. Yes. Ever study weapons? Oh, yeah. What weapons? Uh, I studied like the bow staff, nunchucks, size. Uh, I have two samurai swords uh, here at my house. Um, nice. What, like three section staff? Oh, really? It's like, uh, it's yeah. basically like, you know, it's like a nunchuck, but instead of two, it's three. Right. I've seen it. Uh, is that more of a defensive weapon? Size are primarily defensive, aren't they? Yeah, well, see, what's funny is all these all these weapons, they started out as, like, farming tools, right? Like, I mean, at least this is what I learned. And because, uh, you know, in, in Korea and in Japan, it's it was illegal, basically, to have weapons. And so all these farmers, they had the tools. And, like, with a sai, basically, it's what you would use to uh, poke a hole in the ground for the seeds. Hmm. And then, but then it turned into a weapon. And then that way, when the, the bad guys showed up, you're just, oh, I'm just farming. Oh, hi-ya! You know, and just poke holes in something else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. I, uh, I had a girlfriend college age, uh, when I was college age, I mean, that, um, <laughs> that she, she, she was, uh, she studied martial arts and she was really good with nunchucks and what are they called? Katas is like the, mm-hmm. the practice steps that you go through. Yeah. Like you, a, like a rehearsed form or yeah, exactly. form. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of like you see Tai Chi in the park and she would pace back and forth in the apartment with her nunchucks doing amazing things. And I don't know, I wasn't going anywhere specific with that. It just, I thought of that when you mentioned nunchucks. Yeah, they're amazing. That's one thing I liked about the three section staff. I don't know if, I I mean, you can definitely use the three section staff in, in like defense, but you can do some really cool looking stuff with it and you can hurt yourself really bad. I believe that it's, two two segments is enough to hurt me terribly. Yeah. I've hit it myself in that a few times. Yeah. I read books when I was a kid. I read books on karate and ninjutsu and all of these uh, words that I can't really describe as far as art forms go. But um I, I had like a book knowledge of a lot of this stuff and I used to try to teach myself half crescent moon kicks and things from books. And then I demonstrated it once in middle school for a friend who was actually had been studying at that point, martial arts for about six years. And he, his immediate reaction was, you read that in a book, didn't you? <laughs> like he knew it right away. And, and I feel like that's probably true of a lot of things in my life is, is I learn them, uh, from a, a book learning standpoint and never, I think you need guidance in these things. I think that's true of just about anything. Experience and guidance trump book knowledge any day. Absolutely. Which is, you know, ironic that we would say that when both of our jobs are so heavily based on words. Help, yeah, words and the internet and people who read Reddit all day. Yeah, it it is. It's it's kind of weird. I think the the equivalent in the digital world though is m- the creators and the uh, consumers. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that 
you know, consumers are good at whatever it is they do, but when it comes to actually creating the internet, they're not, they're not able to contribute anything more than book knowledge. Whereas people who have gotten in there and figured out how to write, how to code, how to uh, create graphics and things, they're the ones that end up building. They're the ones with the experience are the ones that you need to get to know in order to do what they do. I think, I, I think that despite the fact that we spend a lot of our time basically the equivalent of reading a library book, uh, we also get in real-world practice with peers that give us criticism and guidance. And you can't say you don't work on a team, by the way. You, <laughs> you interact with people who have, who have criticism and feedback all day long, and that's basically the equivalent of a team, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I think that it's the difference is, and that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I try to be on Twitter a lot is it's kind of like my job, right? It kind of helps me stay sane communicating with these people, but there's a difference between interaction, criticism, feedback, working with one another, uh, in, in that regard, in a group setting where you've got these trusted peers and then where you're in a group of people where you're sort of, like going towards the, uh, the common goal where you're all working together. Everyone's got a different role in the project and you're working together towards something. Uh, that makes sense. I have, I have the good fortune of having a great small team to work with for my day job. And it, it, they're both trusted peers and a team working toward the same goal. And we're tight and we're agile and I really enjoy working with them. And I never want the team to be any bigger, but I also wouldn't want to work without them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I going back real quick to something you were saying about the people online who are who are making stuff, right, and kind of learning and doing the experience. Something I've been really fascinated by is uh, it's like this. There's a lot of terms for it, but the most common is uh, like imposter syndrome. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. And uh, the first example I ever came across it was this guy who owned like a little grocery store, like somewhere in New York. And it's just, you know, just a little mom and pop shop grocery store. And uh, he gets like picked for like business of the year or something like that. And uh, and he didn't tell anybody about it. Like he didn't tell his employees. He didn't tell his family, nobody until like three months later when he's like on the cover of whatever local newspaper. And they're like, why didn't you tell, you know, oh, you know, this whatever. He was like super um, like really shy about it. And basically like when they were interviewing him, about the grocery store, he was like, you know, I really don't feel like I deserve this reward because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I kind of just started this grocery store. It happened to work out. I try to be a good boss. I try to be good to my customers. I try to make a, a few dollars doing it, but I'm kind of just learning as I go. I don't really know what I'm doing. And it's this, and it's actually like this really prevalent sort of like feeling or mindset amongst, amongst a lot of people. And I think especially online, right? Where, where a guy like me, just kind of decides, hey, I'm going to start writing full time and see if people give me a couple bucks to do it. And like, I don't have a degree in English. Like, I don't have any history as like some like a journalism guy or anything like that. I just sort of like to write about software and hardware and, and nerdy stuff like that. Yeah. And somehow it, it kind of worked out, right? And yeah. it would be really easy to be like, oh my gosh, like you get this fear that your reputation for the work that you can do is greater than what you're actually capable of producing and, and you feel like you're an imposter. And at any minute, everyone's going to find out you don't know what you're doing. 
I lived go, with that fear for years. Yeah, see, it's it's they call it imposter syndrome, where you feel like you're an imposter. I do feel like I'm an imposter. I right, felt but, like I felt that way my entire career. I still do. I it, I lose sleep over it sometimes. But then people looking in from the outside wouldn't say that. No, I, uh, people are extremely nice, and it it makes me paranoid that everyone's so. Uh, gracious for the things I do when I feel like I'm just faking it. Yeah. Like yeah. if they knew, if they really knew that this is just, you guys, <laughs> this isn't anything special, you know, whatever, you, you know, if they really knew they'd want their money back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, don't, don't tell my, my employer that I'm faking it. I won't. I don't even think he listens to these shows. You <laughs> <laughs> might be talking about a different employer. I am talking about a corporate employer. You're not, ta- you're not talking about Dan. No, no. Dan doesn't care. Dan knows I'm faking it. He's faking it too. <laughs> That's Actually, what we do. That's it. That's what we do. I'm um, faking it. Uh, that I feel better already. That was very therapeutic. Yeah. Um. All right. What time is it? Uh, let's do an, another sponsor and... I apologize in advance to everyone. This is going to be an edit because I didn't get my sponsors before we recorded this. So deep breath. Here we go. Our next sponsor is Gazelle, the fast and simple way to sell your used iPhones, MacBooks, and other smartphones. Are you planning on getting the new iPhone 5? Before you get the new one, make sure to sell your used phone to Gazelle for cash. Cash you can use to upgrade. Gazelle is really simple and fast to use. First, go to gazelle.com, that's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, and then tell Gazelle about the condition of your device. They'll even buy broken iPhones for cash, and then you'll get a risk-free offer for your gadgets, and they lock in their offer for 30 days. Once you get your new phone, ship your old one to Gazelle, and they'll even pay shipping costs, and you'll get paid fast by check or PayPal. It's best to act fast because your iPhone may lose value every day that you wait. There are tons of great benefits to using Gazelle. There are tons of great benefits to using Gazelle. You get paid fast, in cash, within a few days of your item being received. Gazelle's offers are good for 30 days, giving you time to get the new iPhone before you need to send in your current iPhone. Gazelle has paid almost $50 million to over 300,000 customers. They make it really easy with free shipping and no listing hassles. Wondering what your iPhone is worth? Take a minute and go to gazelle.com to find out. Okay, so... (laughs) That was a uh, really, um, really good sponsor script, right? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I love those guys. Yeah. Amazing work. How, how well do you sleep? Uh, very well. Very well. Are you, are you good at falling asleep? Yeah. No. It, it depends. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is, a, this is for listeners, a total surprise to Sean. He had, I did not mention this at all. But I want to talk just a little bit about sleeping, mainly yeah. because I'm really bad at it and I'm looking to learn, but I've also learned a lot lately. I, I've i learned how to lay down and completely relax within about 30 seconds, and I've never been able to do that before in my life. Like, just understanding your, your own muscles and how, like, I didn't even used to be able to tell what was tense. And now I can find the tension and, and just mentally relax it in like a split second. I, it just goes away. And that's a huge step for me. Do you, do you ever 
You ever lay awake for 20 minutes and then realize that your shoulders are scrunched up like halfway to your chin? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, not exactly like that, but yeah, I, I, I do that a lot at my desk. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll hold my breath. Do you do that? Yep. Just without realizing it. I just was. Yeah. Just now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I found it, I don't know if it's unique to me. I know that I have trouble sleeping. I know that I don't sleep as well as, uh, the average person does, but I don't know if everyone has this like need to consciously relax or if most people can just lay down and go to sleep. I think I saw this, uh, movie that just came out. It's uh, I can't remember the guy's name who's in it. He's a comedian. It's called sleepwalk, sleepwalk with, with me. me. Yes. yes. I can't wait to see that. It's, it's, it's hilarious. I believe it. But uh, a big part of it has to do with, with sleepwalking, right? Like it, that's, that's an actual, you know, mm-hmm. plot line within the whole movie. And, uh, they talk about, oh, I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but they talk about proper, like winding down at the end of the day to, to go to sleep well. And that's something that I'm really, really bad at because I'm naturally a, a night person. But I feel like I do my best work in the morning in terms of that's when my mind, I feel like most alert. But I always get the second wind, like right when it's time to go to to go to bed. Yes. So I, you know, I do like all the things you're not supposed to do. And like I read before I go to bed and, uh, you know, maybe I've got a bunch of ideas still floating around my head. So I write stuff down. Um, Wait, you're not supposed to write stuff down? I don't know. Maybe you are. I can't go to sleep unless I do write stuff down. Right. Like that's the same with me. Like I kind of just, I, I need to wind down by almost by allowing myself to, to, you know, read and, and, and do some things instead of just saying, nope, it's time to go to bed and just going to bed when I'm like alert all of a sudden. I understand not watching TV or playing video games before you want to go to bed, but mm-hmm. reading, it, reading puts me to sleep so fast. It works well, really well for me. Do you read like a real book or do you read on your iPad? Uh, I, lately, I've been reading on my iPad, but I definitely get better sleep results reading uh, hard pages. Right. I, I agree with you on that. But the thing with me is like if I'm if I'm reading in, in bed, my wife, she goes to bed early and she's she's a great sleeper. And I can't have the light on because she's like, hey, turn the light off. So I have to I, I pop up an Instapaper and then put on like the, the dark mode. Yeah. And then bring it the brightness down to the very last setting, and then I can and read in the dark that way. Uh, my my wife can outread me any night. There has never been a night when I have kept her up reading. She actually she got you, you, red light doesn't affect sleep patterns supposedly. I found this to be true as well. Uh, so oh, is that she, why all the alarm clocks are, have red, yeah, red digits? Yeah, and it's why uh, like military uh, night vision, not night vision, but the lights that you get, uh, they all have red filters because it doesn't wake people up. Huh. Um, so she got like a headlamp with a red filter and she and I got an eye mask thing, uh, actually one that Marco recommended a um, long time ago. But, uh, so I put on my mask and she reads till like midnight every night with her red light. And I'll, I can't read for more than about maximum, maybe 45 minutes, usually more like 10 minutes before I just conk out. 
But yeah, so it's an issue I don't have to deal with. My wife and her red light is, uh, uh, I, I can have my iPad as bright as I want when I'm reading. Or you could read from, from real books with the light on. Yes, that, that too. I could. And I have three by my bed right now. I have, uh, I have a book about Wallace the Pitbull and he just got diagnosed with cancer. And now I have to read the book before he passes. I feel obligated. Wow. Yeah. You ever, have you heard that story? Do you know about Wallace? I, I don't. Oh, well, I'll let you, I'll, I'll link the book in the show notes and everyone can, uh, can support Wallace by giving it a read. I'll, I'll add it to my, my Kindle wish list. The couple that have him, uh, rescued one of Michael Vick's dogs. Oh, so it's a true story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a very true story. And, uh, they, they turned a Michael Vick dog into a two or three time world champion Frisbee dog. And it's that it, in it, in and of itself, that's a heartwarming and amazing story. I love it. But then again, I'm, I'm a sucker for pit bulls. So I wasn't allowed to mention that when, when Merlin was on, he does not like to talk about it. Why he, he doesn't like dogs. He, he does not like uh, pit bulls, but more than that, he does not like um, arguing on the internet, which I agree with. There's no point in arguing on the internet. It's just that was one of the topics that we didn't want to have a big disagreement over. So mm-hmm. so I saved it for you. Thanks. I, I, pit bulls are great. I agree. I, I like dogs. I like dogs, too. In fact, the, the dog world is moving away from defining breeds at all because the pitbull isn't even a recognized breed really really it's more of a description of a blocky head and and short tail and and short hair and so what's the breed well there's staffordshire terriers there's american uh staffordshire terriers there's american pitbull but in general the term pitbull isn't it's used more to euthanize dogs that look a certain way than it is in any kind of kennel association or breed, uh, breed recognition circles. It's, I guess most commonly it's a media term. And, and because of that, I think that's actually the prime motivation for just stopping the definition of breeds at all, because every breed is a mix of other breeds. Like, I mean, every breed came from some kind of breeding program. And you can't judge a dog. You can't say, okay, well, all of this type of dog, every dog that looks like this has this personality and they're going to do this. So it's kind of like, it's kind of racial lines in, in American history are, you could apply the same kind of, uh, racism to dog world. It's an interesting, interesting, uh, environment. That is interesting. With a lot of crazy people in it. But my wife is one of the sane ones and she teaches me a lot. I'm just glad you don't own like 95 cats. I only have three. Uh huh. <laughs> what, I, I feel like we've talked about this actually. What You have a bunch of animals. I have. Uh, don't you have some frogs? No, I had a turtle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned on our previous podcast that that is over now. But. Um, yeah, I have a 75-gallon fish tank with lots of fish, and I have two dogs, and we always have one foster dog, 
and three cats and a parrot. No wonder you don't mind not leaving the house. You've got I mean, there's kind of a party at your place. I live in a zoo. Yeah. Uh, our our third cat. Uh, we had we had two cats that were basically dogs. That they would they would come when called. They would fetch stuff. They were just never moody. They don't use their claws ever. Never bite. Never scratch or anything. And then this uh, Siamese came into our lives. Uh, we kind of rescued him, in a manner of speaking. And uh, and he is. He bites, he scratches, he's moody, he meows all the time. And it's such a different world for me. I It made me realize that cat people with normal cats, like, uh, kind of like his name's Steve, kind of like Steve, like they are crazy. Crazy cat people are crazy. I'm just putting that out there. I, I'm not a cat person at all. I actually was more a cat person than a dog person when I met my wife, and she was more a dog person. We've kind of reversed roles now, but I I love cats. I'm I'm that guy. I sit at home all day, work in my basement, and I have cats. <laughs> you are. I am that guy. All right. Well, now that's out there. Now that we've established it. Yes, yes. Okay, so back to sleep. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've got reading helps put you to sleep. It helps put me to sleep. Um, I, you know, I, I have to relax each part of my body individually because I find like I'll, I'll make a fist and not a tight clenched fist, but if my fingers are curled, that causes my arm to tense up and then it just, it kind of goes all the way up to my shoulder. And as soon as I uncurl my hands, I, I, my whole body relaxes and that's, if I had to give one tip from things I've learned as someone who can't sleep, it would be to just uncurl your fingers. Do you have one thing that you would say helps you go to sleep or is sleep so natural for you that you don't have to think about it? Um, I think sleep's pretty natural for me. I mean, usually if I'm having a hard time going to sleep, it's because... Like I was up way too late the day before and then slept in really late and now like my schedule's all off or I've got something on my brain that I just cannot stop thinking about. But for the most part, I, I'm usually pretty good well, at let's, falling Let's falling do asleep. that. When you have something on your mind that you cannot stop thinking about, what do you do? I usually just keep thinking about it <laughs> and, and then I stay for like an hour. And then be like, why am I still thinking about this? I should just go write it down or do something. But I'm like, if I get up, then I'll be up. I'll be walking around. I'll be moving. The blood will get flowing. And then I'll be awake again. And then what I want to do is fall asleep. So I'll just lay there. And, I have a and, tip. Okay. I have a tip. Um, I, I learned this from a relaxation tape. Uh, I can't remember. Andrew something. John, Andrew. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But... Um, he said, just maybe it wasn't even him. Maybe it was in a Pisa's thing. Anyway, you just say shh in the front of your head. Like it kind of like your, your chakra, like in your, your mind's eye, frontal lobe, however you want to look at it. You just mentally say shh. Like the white noise, when you think it, it works. And you have to do it for a while to get that thought to stop like creeping back in. 
but you can actually just blank your mind. You can just make that thought go away. And for me, I write it down and then I just banish it. And it works amazingly well. I'm going to try that next time. Now, do you write it down on pen and paper or do you have your iPhone? Like, is your iPhone always just right there? My iPhone is always right there, but I like uh, capture cards. Uh, and I, you know, I just, I keep them right next to my iPhone and they're just index cards. Actually, mm-hmm. I use, um, the, uh, I can't remember the name of Aaron monkeys, uh, the Helvetic cards. The, it's the sequel now, to that. Yeah. Now it's frictionless. Frictionless. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I keep a stack of those and right next to where I keep my iPhone, which is my alarm clock. And I'll just scribble, you know, whatever I need to get, whatever list or items I need to get out of my head. And then in the morning, I just grab my iPhone and anything I've written on and head to my desk. And then they go into a digital form, whether they're tasks or notes or whatever, uh, different places. But that's uh, pen and paper. Probably I it probably wakes me up less to input it because I can just roll over and scrawl instead of having to open apps and have light shine on my face and all of that. So Well, and then once you've got an app open, you might as well just check your email real quick, make oh, sure nothing's time. crazy. Oh, anyone talking to me on Twitter? What's going on? Oh, you know, any cool Instagrams? And then all of a sudden, you'd spend like half an hour, and you're like, what the crap am I doing? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, you know, it's true. I mean, why not? Since you're on your iPhone anyway, and it's got that badge in the toolbar, you might as well check and see what that is. But it's very detrimental to both sleep and productivity. Right. That's why I try to never write. That's why I just keep thinking about this stuff because I don't want to pull out the iPhone <laughs> and start writing to, you know, I don't want to tap it in because then I know it's a it's a black hole. Yeah. Uh, I may never come back. Be up all night. Index cards in a bullet pen. I'm gonna, I've got a stack of those. I'm going to have to, you know, put some of them over by the, uh, over by the bedside. It, it, I think it would help. And then, and then shush your mind. And sh- I, sh- I, I should, I should mention that I am not great at falling asleep and the uncurling the fingers and the shushing are like the only two tricks that I have. And it's not a complete set. I still don't sleep very well. Now, do you try to keep like a regular schedule or do you uh-huh. just sort of go to bed whenever you're done with the day and then whatever? Define try. Uh, if you mean, do I think about the fact that I should do it? Then I try really hard. But if you mean actually making an effort to keep a schedule, then I fail. Mm-hmm. I have no self-control. So when I get that second wind you mentioned, I, I, I just roll with it. And it, my peak thought process time seems to be between 1 and 4 a.m. And if I'm rolling on something at 11 p.m., I'll tend to just kind of push through until I get to that like 2 a.m. peak and then everything works out and then I go to bed for four hours and then go to work and it's uh, it's it's not a healthy schedule. I could never survive on four hours of sleep. Oh, I mean, for a long period of time. I mean, I, I could obviously for like a, a few days. I'm, I am. I guess it's been about six years since I've slept more than five hours a night. Maybe on rare occasions. Wow. Yeah. No, I won't say it's great for me. I mean, I can tell 
how uh, disconnected, even depressed I get if I go too long with too little sleep. Like the negative thoughts get overwhelming if I don't sleep enough. So it's not that I don't like or need uh, sleep. I just don't like the falling asleep part. I think I'm scared to sleep. My wife always jokes that because I also don't like to wake up. Right. Well, like, oh, man, I'm good at waking up. Really? Like, I, I mean, it just like you're in the room. It's kind of cool outside above the coverage. You just want to like stay there. See, my wife is like that. Me, as soon as my eyes open, bam, I'm up because oh. I'm, I'm like, oh, bad. Got to get up. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I, I'm not total opposite. I envy my wife's ability to, on a weekend, sleep in late. And she'll be awake. And she'll just stay in bed, curled up with the dogs, and just, you know, read or whatever people do when they're not getting up. It, it, I, I envy it because it looks wonderfully relaxing it is i just can't uh i can't stay in bed once i'm awake there's stuff to do is it because there's stuff to do or you're just like you're just bored out of your mind no there's always stuff to do uh there's always even if there's not uh urgent tasks that need to be completed by the time i wake up in the morning i always have some project i want to play with like weekends are like I get up crazy early on weekends because that's my mind's like, Oh, time to play. What can we do? And and then I wake up with ideas and I just run and I always have to go to the bathroom really bad when I wake up. So like that, that helps. Too. Yeah. It's like, uh, wouldn't there like, didn't of course isn't everyone, to, I mean, isn't that common? Like everyone, I would assume up, so. You got to pee uh, unless you are a bedwetter. That'd be weird. Yeah. I, I'm really good at, I, I get up, go to the bathroom and then just get back in bed. Hmm. There's something, the, the, uh, chemicals that are released during sleep actually suppress the, the signals from the bladder. So you don't like when you first wake up, if you don't come out of the haze, you don't know you have to go to the bathroom. It's not until you have like muscle control regained. Because sleep basically paralyzes you, and it paralyzes that sensation, and your body only responds to things that it deems dangerous. And internal pain is often not one of those triggers that the body brings to the forefront during sleep or early waking stages. Whoa, did that sound like I knew what I was talking about for a sec? Because I don't. I don't. Uh, and it did. I apologize. Sounds like something you read in a book. I don't remember where I read it, but I did read it. Or I listen, see, I listen to a lot of these sleep and relaxation tapes, uh, in, in the futile hope that something will click for me. Um, but I pick up all these, uh, bizarre, uh, I don't know if they're factual. I don't have any material to back them up, but things that sound like facts from soothing monotone voices in the background that I absorb subliminally. And then I can talk at parties about, you know, things like bladder control during sleep. <laughs> this is why I don't go out. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that you're asking for my advice, Brett. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm always open. You know, I mean, we're on a podcast. That's what you do. My hunch would be that like a regular, like go to bed at the same time every night would, would probably do wonders. I mean, maybe you've tried that and it failed, but 
No, it didn't fail. No, I, I don't have any doubt that that is the case. I just, like I said, it comes down to a lack of uh, self-control. Uh, if I don't, if I get sick of my computer, which does happen, and I just want to, you know, go veg out and then go to bed, it's really easy for me to have a bedtime and just stick with it. Cause I almost look forward to it on those nights. I'm just like, all right, I can just stop now. It's time to go to bed. That happens to me maybe, maybe every five, six days. But then I get into three or four days of, uh, well, I, I, I five or six days of, of no schedule and then three or four days of wanting to be in bed at the same time. And if I had a little more discipline, if I forced myself to have a little more discipline, I, I, I'd probably get really good results from a bedtime. If I had a kid, I think it would be different because I'd want that kid to be on a schedule and that would put me on a schedule. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can at least attest, I, I can talk to you about this because since you don't have a kid and especially since you don't have a newborn, um, like Noah is like a champion sleeper and he usually goes down every night around six thirty, and then sleeps until around six thirty or seven the next day, which is like amazing, right? So any parents that are listening to this, I might be in trouble. <laughs> you just don't say stuff like that. Um, and so like actually like my routine and my daily schedule has not been that affected because he's really good at napping. He's really good at sleeping. Um, I mean, obviously I had to shift things around so that when he's like when I'm babysitting him or when I've got when I've got him, uh, like I, I don't try to schedule very much work time during that time because um, I want to be with him. I want to hang out with him. I don't want to just put him on the floor next to my desk and let him crawl around and, and play with toys. I want to like interact with him. Um, and so but for the, the rest of the time, like he's like it hasn't been that traumatizing to our, our lifestyle. And in the areas that we have had to change, it's been amazing because Noah's like the greatest thing in the whole world. I can't imagine loving him anymore. And so whatever ways he has affected our lifestyle, like we're, you know, it's happy to have it happen. Well, I, I hope that when he is 15, 16, you go back and you play these recordings for him because I think it's outstanding that you are so amazed by your child. I think that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. That's great. Thanks. I think, I th- I think most. I mean, most of my my parent friends feel pretty similar. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's not that uh, that everyone doesn't love their child. I've never met anyone who does not, in fact, love their child. Um, just the the way that you talk about how almost perfect he is is. Uh, I don't know. I find it. I find it. I find it in my head, something that I would want to know my dad said when I was old enough to really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks, Brett. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll save a recording for you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. My parents are really good about that and I still didn't appreciate it. Not until now. I had, I was, uh, I think I was 20, 25 or 26 before I actually looked back and realized how great my parents were to me. And then I felt horrible for 25 years of really just kind of 
crapping on everything they did. I was a bad kid. I was a terrible child. After I was seven, anyway. All right, this sounds again like a therapy session, and that was not my intention. Yeah, I'm happy to listen. Yeah, I don't know if everyone uh, who's tuned into this podcast is, though. It's not great material. That's all right. It's your show, dude. You talk about whatever you want. I'm going to talk about our third sponsor. All right. All right. Uh, again, this is an edit for which I apologize, but I'm not so sorry that I'm not going to do it. So here we go. Our next sponsor is Squarespace.com. Everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter how experienced you are with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration with social services like Twitter and Facebook. And there's great news. The new Squarespace has arrived. The templates in the new Squarespace are out of this world. They're beautiful, they're clean, and they let your content do all the talking. Everything in this platform is drag and drop, which makes it even easier and more fun to use. The source code is perfectly clean and amazing for SEO. There's even support for image versioning. Everything is integrated, including designs, domains, hosting, and support. Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You can add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media, and tons more. You don't have to worry about what your site will look like on a mobile device. When you add images or design pages with the new Squarespace, your entire site will restructure automatically to fit on every device and maintain the beauty of the site's design. And if you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace. There are even iOS and Android apps which let you manage and post on the go. You can import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. As always, Squarespace delivers award-winning 24-7 customer support that responds in minutes. They also have live online workshops to walk you step-by-step through everything you need to know to build an amazing site. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you get a free custom domain name. If you want to pay month-to-month, you can easily link your custom domain with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try it out. Simply go to squarespace.com and start your trial. Squarespace is $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for one year, you automatically get 20% off. Sign up for two years and get 25% off. Make sure to use the offer code BIGTACO when you purchase for an additional 10% off. Check them out at squarespace.com. Okay. All right. So last part of our show, we're going to do the usual top three picks. Um, Would you like to start with your number one? I always say number one as if they're ranked. It's not ranked. What would you like to start with your first pick, Sean? Yeah, my my first pick. It's uh, well, and it would be different anyways. It, it'd be different whenever you catch me. But right now, my first pick is going to be Mac app. It's called Hazel. Um, oh. I know you're familiar with it. <laughs> Good pick. Well, the reason it's my pick is because I, I spent the better part of my weekend finally setting up uh, to go all paperless, like with my scanner and and all this stuff. And so I wrote like 20 or some odd rules in Hazel to basically when I scan something in, then Hazel reads it and says, oh, this is your electricity bill. It names it, files it away for me. Brilliant. And it's I'm, I'm, I'm feeling in love right now. It's like a weight off my shoulders. I feel like we might have 
spent some time talking about Hazel or else it was keyboard maestro a couple weeks ago, but definitely, definitely an awesome pick. Something every, everyone who likes to fiddle at all, who likes their computer to run better, to do smarter things, definitely something they should check out. Is that, is that what you have to say? You good with I agree. That's, that's a great, it's a great way to pitch it. <laughs> Let's sell some product here. Uh, to be clear that Hazel is not sponsoring this podcast. Um, all right. My first pick is going to be something I just discovered today. And I think just came out today. It's called plain tasks and it is a package for sublime text Two. Uh, so I've already narrowed the audience down significantly, but it brings task paper esque functionality to sublime text. And it's not a perfect one to one match with, uh, the formatting and it lacks the full Apple script amazingness of task paper. But if you need to manage your tasks in sublime text, it's an awesome package and I'll link that. So number two for. You? My number two picks a website, a, a friend of ours, you know, David Sparks. So maxsparky.com. I'm familiar. Because I finally, I finally finished up his book, Paperless. Yeah. And that was sort of like the inspiration to like, it all kind of clicked. Like I, I knew sort of like what the parts were because his books actually, it's really, really good. And it's, it covers a lot of like you can go from a complete, I don't even know how to turn on my computer to suddenly now you have like a paperless office. Like, I mean, he could take you from zero to a hundred. Um, but for a guy like me who like ultra nerdy, I'm, I mean, I'm not quite as nerdy as you are, Brett. I'm, I'm you know, maybe like a half as nerdy. You, you, you say stuff that just, I don't even know what you're talking about sometimes. I, neither do I. It's okay. But I learned a, like a lot and he kind of, like, I sort of had the blurry picture for how I could set up a paperless office. But I'm like, there's got to be a better way than just like scanning in your documents and then like putting them in your documents folder. Like I knew there was probably a better way to do it. And so I like going through his book, it sort of all like the puzzle became clear. Everything sort of clicked for me. Um, and, it, and, and then, then that's how I spent my weekend. Yeah. I, I know how those weekends go. Yeah. It's great. Want to know a secret? Yeah. I, uh, David and I have actually been working on a project together. It should be oh, yeah. available uh, pretty darn soon. I can't wait. Me either. I'm excited. Uh, it's been in the works for quite a while. The secret project. Um, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll announce it uh, probably in the next week or two. Um, anyhow, my number two pick, my second pick is Piezo. And it's, uh, I'm recording this podcast with it right now. It's from Rogue Amoeba and it has changed. I've always used call recorder and that works pretty well, but piezo with Skype is perfect for recording two sided conversations. It can pull in from, uh, just about any source on your Mac that makes sound. So you can record, you know, uh, streams out of Safari and things like that. And it's just really simple and slick and it looks great and it gives you old, old analog style feedback, uh, or, uh, level meters. And it's just, I love it. I got choked up there for a second cause I love it so much. I use it a lot too. If I'm, if I'm doing a show and recording both sides, that's what I use. It's very nice. I yeah. recommend it. And it's not, 
it's not terribly expensive. I think it was $15 from the Mac App Store, and I think it's $10 if you buy it directly. I'd have to check that. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Okay. So, your turn. Third one, last one. This is like my all-time, I just always default to this. It's a simple note. It's, really? You know, I on my iPhone. I, I I think if I like if my iPhone if I they were like okay, your your phone can now just be one one app is all you get. I think it would have, probably be simple note. I suppose it's it's whatever uh whatever you have your notes in probably becomes your most useful app. Yeah, I think so. I've run into some sync issues with simple note. It's been kind of a especially with NBL, but well, I've, I've actually had that too. I feel like I'm right on the edge. I've got something like 800 notes in there and I use, uh, you know, I use your app NVALD as well and it syncs through the simple note sync engine. Um, but I'm a premium simple note subscriber. So I should be able to, I haven't done this yet, but I, I think I can turn all my, my simple note, turn the database in basically into a whole bunch of just text files within a Dropbox folder. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which a premium I, feature which I think improves the syncing or I could just, you know, cut out some of the cruft of my thing. But, um, I'm a huge, huge fan of the app. It, it's lightning fast. Works really, really well. It has a great simple feature set. I mean, mm-hmm. things like pinning notes and, and as far as I know, um, the sort by most recent date is extremely accurate and fast. Like I can always yeah. get my most recent notes. And then if I give it a second, I can get to, Older notes. It's it's a solid app. Uh, just the sync, and the sync should be improving. Like their their open sourced backend uh, for the sync is really pretty outstanding. I don't understand why I'm still running into the issues, and it's more than likely my fault. That's actually well. I've talked to the guys, and they say it does have to do with a bug with the NVL. Oh sync yeah. Engine. Well, like the plus the plus sign issue and uh, a couple other. Uh, note duplication issues when using both simple note and Dropbox, definitely the fault of notational velocity and NV alt. Um, not, not trying to, uh, shift blame on that. Uh, just, I, I would say I've, I've faced a myriad of issues and I know that a good portion of them are my fault. You know, there you go. Admitting it's half the problem. I, <laughs> No, just half the answer. Half the answer. Not That's the, the other problem. half. That's the other half. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, like they say, denial is the first stage of denial. No. There's a pun in there somewhere. I deny. <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Um, All right. Number three. Number three. I mentioned it earlier. It's pieces. I... I don't know how people say this in, in the meat world, but I call it Pizzas. It could be Pizzas or it's spelled P-Z-I-Z-Z. It, it's available for Mac and iOS and it's an app that, uh, builds kind of sleep songs. There, it's, it uses binaural beats and, and voiceovers and music, and it creates something that you can listen to and you can tune out or focus on your choice and it puts you to sleep and it works really well. Um, I would highly recommend just getting the iOS app because they charge an inordinate amount for the Mac version that really doesn't do anything more. 
The iOS version is relatively inexpensive and does a great job, and it's already on your iPhone, which is probably what you're taking to bed, not your Mac Pro. So so really, this recommendation is for Pizza's iOS. If you did take your Mac Pro to bed, you just turn on the fan and you've got white noise machine. Exactly. But my Air can do that, too. And yeah. way better bed partner mm. than the Mac Pro, I mean. Right. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So that's three for me. Was that three for you? Yeah. Because yeah, I went first. You, you went first. Yeah. I'm horrible at counting and remembering. Anyway, our last sponsor is Hover.com, uh, Domain Management Simplified. You've probably registered a domain before and been inundated with offers for services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com, .net, .co, or .tv address. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you're interested in into their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. If it's not, it'll come up with related suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you, like an advanced robotic concierge at a mechanical unicorn hotel. They have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Someone just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. And, even though I'm not Dan, if you use the code DANSENTME or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, Sean. My pleasure. And uh, Sean can be found at Sean Blanc uh, on Twitter, all one word, and also at SeanBlanc.net where he blogs full-time, writing wonderful stuff for all of you. And I can be found on Twitter at TTScoff, and I'm on the web at BrettTerpstra.com. All right, well... That's it for episode 10 of Systematic. Thanks again, Sean. And we will see you all in a week.